At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with michael lombardi and patrick maher on vsin You heard it from Brent Musburger himself. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Hope you're having a nice Monday and a great Saturday and Sunday. Listen, that was the action was crazy over the weekend as far as college hoops, almost drowning out everything. So Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I wanted just to quickly touch on a recap from yesterday. We mentioned it a little bit with Will and the association, but the Nets and your I'm going to start calling them your Celtics, the way you've been propping them up. Yeah. But the next the Nets and Celtics, that was only the fourth time all year we saw Durant and Kyrie. Uh, Durant 37, Kyrie 19. Uh, Kyrie was... He was Kyrie after the game saying that the Celtics are scorned ex-girlfriends and all this, whatever. Uh, Tatum, 54 points, 34 in the second, as we mentioned. Uh, But again, that is a Celtic team. We're under a new coach. I think it makes sense that it took him a little while to get. It's a little bit of a different system than Stevens was running. The ball movement is much crisper, and Tatum is just ascending. I mean, he's 24 years old. He's moving into that superstar level right now. You know, and earlier this year, remember, there was a lot of conversations. Are they going to trade Jalen Brown? Are they going to change the roster that nobody could get along? Nobody was playing well together. And and I think that narrative has slipped away in the last two weeks, particularly or the last 27, 28 games that they've been playing. Their offense has, has certainly improved. You know, they've got 39 wins or 12 games over 500. Defensively, you know, they've been good. They've gotten better defensively, the best defense in the NBA. But offensively, the last two weeks, they've averaged 121 points a game. And, and they've been really – I mean, that, that's where we see the big difference in their team. Yeah. And, I, and I think ultimately it, it, it's proven to be the case. I mean, they've, they've stubbed their toe – against some bad teams, right? We saw them lose to the Pacers. They had no business. We saw them lose to uh, Oklahoma City. The, the, the Pistons, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, no business losing those, but, but for the most part, they've been really, really good. Yeah, I agree with you. And Tatum and Brown didn't turn the ball over yesterday. It, it's just, it's, it's a team right now. It's fascinating. There is nothing as far as a dichotomy, regular season, postseason. There is nothing that illustrates the separation like the betting market when the Nets are still at a couple of books your favorite to come out of the East when, I mean, they're floundering. Think about, I mean, take a look right now. The Nets, if the playoffs were to start today, they're obviously a play-in, but they're in the 9-10 matchup for the play-in. So they're sitting right, right. now 32-33, and 33, a game under 500, and, and, and some have them favored to come out of that conference. That is wild. 
Yeah, it is. And, and I mean, look, nobody, it just shows you star power matters to the better, too. Right, you know, to the book. I mean, they're they're not going to let you get a good number on Durant, knowing that that when Durant and Kyrie are playing together and their team is back, they're not going to get you that number. You're not going to be able to get that number out of them. And like Will kept saying and during his block, I mean, they're not moving the number. Even as much as they continue to lose and they don't play as well, they won't move the number. I mean, the last two weeks, the last two weeks, they're 29th in the league in defense. 29, they're giving up 124 points a game. It's incredible. And they got your boy, the clapper, Steve Nash. Yeah, the second clapper. Steve Nash, by the way, the last time we saw Santa Clara in the NCAA tournament, they made it three times in four years in his career there. They haven't made it since 96. Steve Nash was a great college player at Santa Clara. Yeah, he was so It just shows you that one – it really kind of – it paints a picture of how couldn't Ben Simmons get LSU to the tournament when Steve Nash could? How could Markel Fultz not get the University of Washington to the tournament when, you know, uh, Seth Curry could? Yeah, it does. I totally agree with you. Really Everybody is. says, well, it does it. It's bad. Well, when we see these smaller programs like Santa Clara and, and, and uh, you, you know, and, and Davidson, and, the, and they get there, like, why do, they get, why do they get there? And then these other guys who are the first pick overall in the draft can't get themselves there. So you want to bet the NBA, Michael Lombardi? How about this? The yeah, Grizzlies ended I don't. up. The Grizzlies. I know you don't. I don't. The, the Grizzlies ended up closing on the road. They were laying like 10, 10 and a half at the Rockets. They got beat 123-112. Ja played. There are no excuses. Sunday game. This is something I need to know better to understand. Betting Sunday NBA games for a multitude of reasons, which we can't get into on a a PG-rated show. So betting Sunday NBA games is a weird proposition. And look at that. The Rockets, who were sitting on 16 wins, they were catching doubles, 10 and a half at home. And beat them outright by 11, 123-112. Good luck with that, right? Yeah. I mean, how about the Knicks going to the Clippers? Big Daddy Vince is happy. I mean, how do they win that one? How do they come out of that one? What do they – I mean, like, how did they do that? Like, 116-93, the Clippers were playing fairly well. BDV must have – that was a good Sunday for your boy Big Daddy Vince, no? Big Daddy Vince was probably – I haven't talked to him yesterday (laughs) since that big win. But, I mean – you know, they, they, they were playing good. Well, the one that Will mentioned, and it, I'm not bitter either. I was catching nine and a half uh, with, the, yeah. with the Suns. Here, that was here, a bad beat. Here's Patrick. what you That's have to look at. Beat. Well, check this out, Michael. So it was a 10-point win for the Bucks. The Suns were leading throughout, but you can blame the, the officials. So look at this discrepancy in free throws. The Bucks attempted 29 free throws. They made 23. The Suns attempted 11 free throws and made eight. There's the difference in the cover. There's the difference in the game. But even in spite of all that, when you're sitting there and you've got nine and a half in your pocket Mm -hmm. and you're watching that game and you're Mm -hmm. thinking there's just no way, you know, and they just couldn't score, turn the ball over in the last two minutes. I mean, the last two minutes, the execution of the Suns was just horrible. It was just horrible. And that's why they don't cover. I mean, that's, that's a bad beat. Booker, no Booker, no Paul Cam Johnson didn't play. So, again, for the Suns, to me, that's, that's more of an indictment on the Bucks. Now, 
today, I want to ask you about a, a matchup. I'm sure you've heard about the Bulls at the 76ers. Now, the reason, yeah. I, it, reason I bring this up, there's a, many reasons, mm -hmm. uh, but and I'll set up the number. I will say this, Harden, who missed the last time out, he's not on the injury report. So it looks like he's going to play tonight. Yep. The Bulls have lost four straight. So, and again, remember the Eastern Conference right now, if you take a look at the top six teams, the top six teams are all within six games of one another. And these two are sitting in that top six. The 76ers, I had at six and a half, it's up to seven with the 76ers laying it. Uh, Vucevic is a game time decision with the hammy, but uh, your expectations for your 76ers tonight here at home. Well, well, I mean, they haven't played well in the last two home games. I mean, they've gotten behind in both games, and they've had a rally in the second half to beat them back. You know, uh, Cleveland specifically uh, in the last game, they had to come back on Cleveland, and they got it going. But I, I think this is one where Chicago defensively hasn't been the same. They're 20th in points per possession defensively. Their e-field goal percentage is only 19th. I mean, you know, they're not creating the turnovers that they typically had done. So... You know, I, and the one thing about the, the 76er team is they're the best team. They get 22 free throws a night. I mean, they're pretty good. And, and when they get that going and they get to the line, which they will when Harden back, he makes everybody a better player. And I think Vucevic has always been a good, a good player uh, against them. I was surprised him be played Saturday night in Miami. I really was. I thought he would take that night off. But he's been playing back-to-backs. And I, I think, obviously, they came back from Miami, rested – They'll be fully rested with a day's rest. Chicago has two days rest going into this game. But I think seven's a little heavy for me, just knowing how this usually goes and the way the Sixers haven't really played as well as you think. You know, when you watch them, they haven't played as well early in these games. They've had to mount some comebacks in the second half and kind of got them going. And I think that ultimately ha has been the difference when, when you watch them. I mean, they get it going. But when they had the Knicks, they were behind the Knicks. They ended up covering that game. I don't know how they did that. Both Knicks games were close, and then they both covered the spread. So they're very good at handling it. Yeah, to your point, I think the 76ers, their last three at one point, and I think two of them were wins, they were down 20 points in all three games. So they, yeah. they no, they, they were they battled I mean, the back. Nick, the Nick and Cleveland, the Nick and the Cleveland game, and of course Miami, they were down, they lost. But to to me, the the Nick game, both Nick, the Nick game on the the beginning of the month, and then the Cleveland game, they were fighting uphill, and they they took the game over. And it wasn't until the third quarter, late in the third, that they actually got the lead on Cleveland. It took a while. Here's what I will say: This is a Chicago team. They're in the midst of a brutal stretch on the road. They played 10 of 12 on the road. They've lost four straight. And this isn't a great spot for them because what's really showing up for Chicago is their defensive shortcomings. Tristan Thompson yep. is, hasn't really worked his way into it. Tristan Thompson's a whole nother story. But yeah. if you're taking out a team that hardens back, remember in those four games with Harden, the 76ers average 126 and a half points and their assist percentages were awesome. Their advanced offensive rating was awesome. Like, he just makes this offense. Like, when he's not there, you saw it. Embiid just gets doubled. So, he, yep. he, just, he just opens up everything for them. And I think when you when you watch Chicago, now they've had a bunch of injuries, and I think Donovan's done a great job, and he's trying to bring everybody together. But the last two weeks of the season, they haven't played good defensively. They're 24th overall, and offensively, they, they are not the same team. DeRozan's spectacular, don't get me wrong, but, but they have struggled uh, to find someone else other than him to make those plays. So... They have their, their arrows pointing down and the 76ers arrows pointing up. This will be a big game for Chicago. Really, it will be. They need to kind of get their legs back underneath them a little bit. How about pointing up? 
You mentioned the offensive efficiency with Harden in the lineup and also a Bulls team that likes to run a little bit. Pointing up, you like the over 231 or would you go under there? Uh, 231. It's a big, it's a big it's, total. You know, the way the Sixers have played, I think the overs in play here. I really do. Yeah, like I said, they haven't average. played great defense at all. And and the one thing about the 76ers and Chicago is taking great advantage of them every time they play. Sixers are not a great rebounding team, particularly they get a lot of the Knicks game. Both Knick games they had they got a lot of second chance points. So if you don't shoot well and you're getting offensive rebounds, you still score. I'll tell you, if those guards are going to hit threes for the 76ers, they're going to be a dangerous team moving on because there's so much space. You're going to have wide open threes. And you're not a, yeah, you're not big, big on fella. you're not big on your boy Corkmas right now, but Maxi. No, I, hope, I mean he he needs to go somewhere. Maxi has figured it out. I, I just love that kid, man. I love him. Okay, eight weeks until the draft, we're gonna run divisions. We're gonna start today AFC East. We're gonna come back. The needs, the odds, the bills. Next here on the Lombardi. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, get an early start on your college hoops tournament betting with VSEN's full court bracket betting coverage starting. Sunday, March 13th, we got six hours of free live video streaming on vcin.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every single game. The vcin College hoops, hoops expert, including Greg Hoops Peterson, will analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers making the lines to find the best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. So important here. Start your bracket in round one of the tournament with a betting guide. Also, vcin.com's college hoops experts on Sunday, March 13th. So again, full six hours of coverage leading up to uh, Selection Sunday there. Free on vcin.com. Okay. Did you, buy, but Michael Lombardi there in Jersey, I'm Patrick Maher in Vegas. This is vcin, the Sports Betting Network. Did you see the report? And I think Washington is doing this. I don't know if Rivera's leaking it, but there was a report that came out that Washington offered multiple first-round picks for Russell Wilson, which was then turned down. Um, remember, last year we got reports that Washington had offered plenty for Matthew Stafford. I, it just feels like there's some sort of, I don't know if it's a leak, but we're hearing a lot about Washington and their aggressiveness for a new signal caller there for the commanders. Yeah. You know, and, and obviously we know Seattle. Pete Carroll's come out of his way and said, I'm not trading Russell Wilson. So 
as much as the media wants us to go through it. And, you know, we got, Russell's not on social media and he's mad at this. You know, we're going to go through that drill, right? No one can answer the question that I keep asking. Who's going to play quarterback for Seattle if he leaves? Right. right. Nobody answers that question. So, look, I think Washington's at, at desperate times. I mean, they didn't draft the quarterback last year. They, they felt like they had Ryan Fitzpatrick. They were going to go in that direction, and they ignored it. I know that they liked Fields. I know they liked Lance. They made no attempt to trade up in the draft. They were happy to pick Davis there. They wanted to improve their, their speed at linebacker, which didn't manifest itself through the season. So now they're in a desperate situation without, quarter, without a quarterback available to them. Will they go after Trubisky? Wouldn't surprise me. They've got cap room. You know, so I, I think these guys that are free agents that have an opportunity, whether it's Mariota, who you could have had last year. I mean, the, the, the Raiders were willing to give away. Mariota's contract was around $10 million and, and the Raiders didn't want to keep it. So they were calling teams all over the league trying to get somebody to take that deal or renegotiate a deal with them. And nobody would do it. And so the, he, he ended up redoing his deal with Oakland at a much lower number. You know, and to further the point about Pete Carroll, he's 70 years old. Is he all of a sudden going to move on from Russell Wilson and just start re Like, he's 70 years old. There's, there's got to be some immediacy there for uh, Pete you Carroll. You would think so, right? I mean, and plus he, you know, and I keep saying this, he's had the meeting with, with Jody Davis, the, uh, the owner, the Paul Allen's sister who took over the team. I mean, he doesn't want to. He, he knows the mandate. I mean, just look at their drafts over the last few years. They haven't been good. I mean, their, their collection of talent hasn't really come together. He finally admitted, Pete finally admitted, what we've been saying here on this show for a long, long time, that, that, that his style of defense is not good enough any longer. He admitted that. He came right out and said that. And so he, he knows he needs to change. He's three years late to changing his schemes, but he knows he needs to do it, so we'll see. But he can't change his schemes and then not have the guy that he's counting on to be a really good player. I think that's a real issue, and he needs Wilson to get through this season in a, in a very, very difficult conference. I mean, it's hard to win in that conference. Okay, Michael, good job here, Matt Santos. Eight divisions, eight weeks. We've got eight weeks until the draft. We're going to start AFC East. So let me just set this up for you quickly. The Bills, 11-6 and six straight up last year, 9-6-2 and two ATS. They are your favorites in division. No surprise, 185 to win the division, the East this year. They're 4-1 to one to come out of the conference, and they're 7.5-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Off-season, free agents, Hughes, Addison, um, let's see, Sanders, Mitchell Trubisky. Why don't we start there? You said yesterday. I, it's funny, right, how somebody rehabs their image, and all of a sudden Mitchell Trubisky is in a high demand. Yeah, with, without, any, without any video evidence that he's rehabilitated himself. Like, you can't find it. I mean, if you want to count the preseason tape that he went into Chicago and played well against the, against the Bears in the preseason game, then God bless you. Go ahead with it, right? You mm -hmm. know, I, I think for the, for the Bills, it's really about, you know, what do they want to do? I, I think when they signed Emmanuel Sanders, I don't think they realized how good Gabriel Davis was. And then this Isaiah McKenzie, who's a free agent, you know, this is the little kid who was really dynamic for them. Speed coming around the corner on the jet sweeps. He's a free agent as well. Mm. He's going to get some play. I mean, I think they want to sign him. They're willing to take Beasley's money and give it to him if that's good enough. I doubt it will be. 
So that they've got some concerns there. They've got to fix this offensive line. I think if you really break them down, uh, the weakness of their team is in their offensive line. They move Spencer Brown to right tackle. They got Williams at right guard. You know, they've got to fix that offensive line as best they can. Deion Dawkins is a good player at left tackle for them. And then defensively, you know, they will get Tredarius White back. Tredarius White back, which helps at corner. Do they have enough speed and athleticism? Both safeties are really good players over 30 years old. They've got to get them back. So, And then they've got to continue with their defensive front. You know, this is still not a great pass rushing unit, Patrick. Mm-mm. This is still not a great pass rushing unit. And I think that's the Achilles heel. If they could, they could find another pass rusher to go along with Rosario, who they drafted last year, to go along with Basham, who they drafted last year, that helps. So they're picking round one, pick 25. They do have their one. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They've got picks. So that's good for a team yeah. this successful to still kind of hold on to their picks as the Rams. So I, does it sounds to me like you'd say you need a pass rusher or, or offensive line help with that first pick in the first round. You know, I, I think it's one thing where they are as a football team. I think they're in pretty good shape to pick whoever they think is the, is is gives them the best chance, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they don't have to worry about a specific need. I think they can certainly address some of the things that they have to do with their cap, with the free agency. You know, they're not in dire straits on the cap. They're pretty. They're actually in pretty good position with the cap. You know, they've got they've got about six and a half million that they're technically over, which they can get rid of. Beasley, they could do some things. But I think ultimately in the draft where they're picking down to 25, they just got to pick a good player because they could add it anything. If they get a guard, that's great. If they get a tackle, that's great. If they get a, a defensive lineman, that would be wonderful if they could or a line. I mean, anything they pick will certainly help their team. So. I'm going to ask you, because there's multiple reports reporting this, but you'd have a better idea. Um, Sean McDermott and his staff, there's some reports of strife. Is there any, can we put any credence into that? Well, I mean, it's been a lot of changes on the staff. He let guys go. I mean, he let Dayball take guys with him that I didn't think he would left let go, you know. The, he let the offensive line coach, who was Dable, Dable's guy. Remember when Dable came in there, Juan Castile was the line coach. And then that didn't last very long. And then Castile got fired. They brought in the coach that Dayball wanted. They let him take him with them. Now they kept they they kept the, the the quarterback from Miami, Ken Dorsey, as the offensive coordinator. And they hired Aaron Cromer, who was with us in Oakland, as the O line coach, who'd been in Buffalo before. Uh, they hired him as the line coach, which I think will help them. I think I think Cromer's a really good run game coach. I think he'll help them tremendously. So I, I think they have some. Probably with the change of staff, I don't know if they still have that concern. I know McDermott's probably been really, really tough on. Here's what I say, here's what I'll tell you about that. Most of the time, when the coaches are complaining, you probably have a good team. Hmm. When they're not complaining, you probably got a bad team. Since the conclusion of the 2021 season, to Michael's point, the Bills have made 10 moves on the coaching staff. Combination of elevating up from within and adding new hires from other teams. Here's a. a quote from a local reporter there in Buffalo. There's many national as well. Uh, Quote, I've talked to several NFL assistants and college coaches in Indy who are very much inside the circle, and they believe there is some friction between the Bills head coach Sean McDermott and some of the staff. Most of them also added it's not that unusual. So maybe couch it a little bit at the end that it's not unusual to have yeah, strength. I mean, you know, look, if you got a beef, if you got a beef with the head coach, go see him. Don't talk to some writer. You know, go see him. Go air it out, you know. 
And, and, and look, the expectations are high in Buffalo. They're, they're, they got a chance to get a new stadium, which they need to capitalize on their success of this football team to do that. You know, and it seems like it's moving in the positive direction in Western New York. But look, they were really good. That Their moment was 13 seconds away. I think they would have beaten Cincinnati uh, in Buffalo. I think it would have been a, a game they could have won particularly the way that Allen was playing, particularly the way they designed the offense around the single wing so he could run it. So I think that certainly would, would give them an opportunity. But, uh, you know, that was their moment. They need to bounce back. I mean, McDermott's going to be under the gun because I'm telling you, he's going to have a hard time living off that 13 seconds. Everywhere you go, you know, and we talked about it at the Missouri Coaching Clinic. I mean, everywhere you go, you know, people want to talk about the 13 seconds. Like, how could that have happened? You know, and, and Sean's saying it was an execution problem. It wasn't an execution problem. It was a design problem. It was poorly designed, and it was poorly thought out, even though they called two timeouts during the drive. And it's a small pressure cooker up, up in Buffalo. It's a, different, it's a different place to be a head coach. Like, you know what I mean? It's just it's They've been constant. so close to that finish line. I mean, they, all they see Marv Levy. I mean, you know, that 13 – look, the closest game the Bills ever had Super Bowl was their first one. Everyone else after that one was blowouts. Yeah, wide right. After that, three straight blowouts. Michael Lombardi, good job on the Bills. We'll get to the New England Patriots. He's heard of them coming up in just a bit. But first, Josh Applebaum's going to join us, get a couple of picks today on a Monday. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. The KFC chicken sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer. That's why it's finger licking good. Order the KFC chicken sandwich today. Lombardi line. This is VSEN, the sports betting network. I'm Patrick Maher live from the VSEN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi chilling in his office there in Jersey. We say hi to our buddy Josh Applebaum. Market Insights is the pod. VSEN.com slash podcast. Of course, every day with Pritch here on Betting Across America. Josh, how are we feeling? Give us a market update to start here. Great, Patrick, Michael, great to be with you. One of the best weeks of the year before we get to the, you know, the main course of the madness, we get these conference tournaments. So should be a great week here for better. So guys, I want to start off with a couple games here that really been noticing some big line movement on the board today. So looking at Charleston against NC Wilmington. So this is going to be uh, your CAA semifinals here. And what we've seen is kind of a really interesting fade the trendy dog play in favor of Charleston. The public is all over NC Wilmington here. If you look across the board, Wilmington is getting about 80% of bets, very popular play. Makes total sense. They're 22 and 8. They got a great record. Charleston is only 17 and 14. So why is a 17 and 14 team, Charleston, favored over a 22 and 8 team, North Carolina? You would think North Carolina should be the favorite here. The public is saying, hey, you know, the the, the line is wrong. The wrong team's favored. 80% of bets on Wilmington here getting the points. But what we've seen is this line pretty much line free, stay exactly where it's at. Despite this heavy betting, Wilmington, Charleston open laying one and a half. It's getting bent up and down a little, you know, a half point here or there, but it's pretty much stayed minus one and a half. So I like this spot here for Charleston, guys. Seems fishy to me. Our buddy Ken Palm has him winning by two. Greg Hoops has him by three. Uh, and you would have a bunch of advantages here. 79 points a game on offense, only 71 for Wilmington. Better field goal percentage team, 44% versus 42%. And big advantage here on the boards, 40 boards a game versus only 34. So uh, I'll go Charleston here, guys. Everybody seems like they're betting Wilmington with a better record, yet it opened Charleston's slight favorite, stayed Charleston's slight favorite. Give me Charleston in this spot. 
you, you know, Patrick, I think in this one and Josh, I, I mean, I could see why, you know, the betting public's all over Wilmington. They beat them twice. I mean, mm. Wilmington has beaten. I mean, Charleston has lost to them twice. So they lost to him by eight points back in, in January the 17th. And then they lost to him, uh, you know, I think a month later they lost to him by six. So, you know, one thing when you have a team's number and you play them the third time, you got to feel like, okay, here, here we come again. I, I could see why people are all over, all over Charleston in this one. And it's a great point to remind everybody the familiarity here. You're going to have some data to go back to. How about the total uh, to, con to continue with Michael's theme here of the familiarity, has anything happened with the total, Josh? So, Patrick, this is one that really hasn't had a bunch of movement here. This total open around 148 and a half, 149. There's been a slight move here to 148. I think what you're going to find, guys, is this is the time of year where you like to bet a lot of unders. I, know, I think Utah Valley Conference is already 7-2 and two to the under, but it's because of uh, two things. Number one, tired legs. A lot of these teams are now playing second game in two days. You're going to see some three games in three days. Also, obviously, the neutral courts where you're unfamiliar in terms of sight lines and, and shooting here. That really benefits uh, the defense and benefits unders. But here's a thing if you're gonna bet these unders guys you probably don't want to bet them right now they all get hit overnight pretty much every number on the board has fallen uh to me it becomes a point of hey it's moved too much maybe a layoff or in the case of an extreme drop do you buy low taken over but again it's under season patrick and michael but you got to hit these things overnight before they it, fall it, so it is and just a it's a great point about the unders just to further up familiarity but also a lot of these arenas they're playing playing in are so cavernous so when we talk about sight lines it's like throwing a pebble into the ocean you know michael just to talk about how the backdrop is yeah. so different than what some of these especially smaller conferences are used to with some of the smaller barns. It, it does take a while for these shooters to get used to the discombobulation that they meet when they, when they come into these big arenas. I mean, Charleston put up 84 points against Hofstra in the last game of the year. They lost by five. They come back and play them in the tournament on Sunday, and they put 92 on the board and, and beat them 92-76. And this Hofstra team that they, that, they, that they beat, they lost to them twice during the season. So, you know, Charleston must be on some real in a different wavelength based on losing the last two games of the year against Drexel and Hofstra, you know, couldn't beat Wilmington either time they played them. And now all of a sudden they're lights out against uh, Hofstra putting 92 on the board. So, you know, buyer beware here. Buyer beware. Well put. Okay, two more conferences and one of these four teams are going to punch their ticket to the dance Let's go with the Southern Conference where you've got to play Furman Chattanooga. Tennessee Chattanooga here is laying two and a half, Josh. Yeah, so really interesting thing with both the spread uh, and the total in this one. So number one, this would be your example of your tired legs under. This is the third game in three days for both of these teams. That being said, it opened all the way at 143. It's down to 137. So this is the kind of conundrum that a lot of bettors have. You identify some smart money under, but if you're betting 137 when it opened 143, maybe it sails under and doesn't matter. But that's really tough to kind of play that once it's fallen so much. So to me, guys, I'm looking toward Tennessee Chattanooga here. You had a pretty good steam move in their favor. They open around. It was like a pick em game, a slight minus one Tennessee chat. You've seen Tennessee chat now all the way up to minus two, minus two and a half. Really, line is going in their favor. Ken Palm only has them winning by one, uh, but our buddy Greg Hoops has them by two and a half. And you would look at a bunch of advantages here. Better defense, only giving up 65 a game versus 70. Better field goal shooting, 47 versus 46%. And better rebounding, 36 a game versus 33. So definitely some under money. I can't play it now. It's fallen so much. Uh, anyone who played the under, I hope you cash. To me, guys, it's Tennessee chat on the money line. Pretty good move in their favor. 
You, you know, the only thing I say here, the, the one thing about we talk about it all the time is free throw percentage come this time of the year, right? You got to be able to make it. And, and Furman is the best team in the conference shooting 80% from the stripe. So you got to give them that. And I think you're right. I think Chattanooga, I told this to Will Hill, Chattanooga's defense is really good. They only give up 30% from the three-point line. They're by far the best defense in the conference, and they really dominate in that area. And maybe that's why tired legs and a great defense gives you the under. 7 Eastern, the Lombardi household will be tuned into the return of James Harden. Well, you know, he's out for a game or two. <laughs> anyway, 76ers are hosting the Bulls. The Bulls are struggling. They've lost four straight. This number jumped all the way up to seven, seven and a half. Josh off the five and a half opener. Vucevic for Chicago is a game time decision here. Yeah, Vucevic is really affecting this line, Patrick, as you mentioned. You know, good move here to the 76ers, opening minus five and a half, now up to seven, seven and a half, even at some shops. I'm looking toward the over, though, guys. This is kind of, uh, you know, kind of fishy to me in a good way for the over. Like, if you look at what the 76ers just, just did, Michael, you know this, uh, they lose to Miami, your other favorite team, 99-82. Prior to that, uh, they had been, I think, either 3-0 and or 4-0 and with James Harden to the over. So with a, a really low-scoring game last time, now you look at this total, it opened 230. It's been, been uh, bet up all the way to 232 and a half. You got a lot of reasons to like this over, guys. Both teams are top 13 offensive efficiency. Chicago's defense is only 21st uh, in the NBA. Over refs, including Scott Foster, the most notorious and best over ref here, almost 57% to the over. Philly, again, 4-1 and one to the over with Harden, 6-1 uh, and one, uh, to the over their last seven. And you do have Chicago 5-2 and two to the over their last seven on the road. So it's one of those numbers, especially after that you know, low-scoring game against Miami, you're like, this thing's way too high. But the public's kind of 50-50. You know, Typically, they love an over, yet this thing's getting steamed up. I'll go over here, over 232.5. Yeah, I mean, look, the reason you like the over is because the guy that distributes the basketball and gets assists coming is is playing tonight. You know, that under against Miami, the way Miami plays defense and without him, you see the Sixers really struggle. And he makes every player better. There's no doubt. He makes every player better. And and you can see it the way they, they are. Their defense hasn't been to the level, which I think helps Chicago and it helps the over. Uh, agree with both of you. Philly's Chicago's an over team this year. Philly uh, cashing yeah. the over at about 40, a little over 45%, but that doesn't take into, it's only been four games with Harden. And right. so to Josh's point, I mean, it's a completely different team offensively. Completely I mean, different. It's, yep, it's, you're it's right. Just, I mean, he makes, I mean, now he doesn't make Korkmaz better, but he makes most of everybody <laughs> else better. Korkmaz is enemy number one in the Lombardi household right now. Hit a shot, man. <laughs> Hit a shot. Um, okay, Josh, we got two minutes here. Before we get out of here, uh, f first overall pick, NFL draft, what do you got? Yeah, I just wanted to kind of, you know, get Michael's take on this because, you know, we've seen a big movement for a couple guys. Number one, Evan Neal. We've talked about this for a while. He was plus 175. He flipped to a minus 150 favorite to be first overall. Uh, now he's back down to minus 110. So he's still a minus number. He's still a favorite. But, Michael, what you're seeing in the betting odds here is Iki Ekwanu, that big tackle there from NC State. He made a big jump here. Now, is it specifically because of the combine? Maybe that's the reason. He ran a really fast 40s, you know, 6'4", uh, 3'10". He ran a 4.9, 3'40". Uh, but he is now the – he overlapped basically Hutchinson, who for quite a while was the favorite or the second best, uh, you know, odds here. So, Michael, your take on Aquano, he opened 100 to 1. Uh, now he's down to, what is it, you know, plus 110, plus 120. Wow. Could he maybe be a surprise here, Michael, or is it still Neil, or maybe you're thinking someone else? I, I, I'm told it's still – I think it's Hutchinson. I think defensively is, is even though they go where they head, I think you have to wonder if they're going to re-sign Cam Robinson. He's a free agent. 
what they go in that direction. This will be Trent Baalke's call. Knowing the way Doug Peterson was growing up with the Philadelphia, I think he's going to value def- – I know it's going to shock you. He's going to value defensive linemen more than anything because that's really how he won a Super Bowl was that defensive line was able to create problems for their opponents, and that gave them in there. So I'm told it's still Hutchinson. We'll see you know, how this all changes, but the combine does affect these numbers. There's no doubt. Absolutely. Okay, Josh, great job. Appreciate it. Enjoy Appreciate it, guys. Enjoy the Monday. Betting Thanks, Across America Josh. coming up. Also, the podcast, Market Insights, vcin.com slash podcast, Josh Applebaum. When we come back, we continue. It's a team Michael's familiar with. That's the Patriots. That's next here, Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. It's vcin, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM is the king of sports books. Unleash the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn. This is cool. It's like a credit card. You know how it works. You get MGM reward points that you can redeem online for bonus credits. Uh, like the free bets and risk-free tokens. Also, if you're planning a trip here to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM reward points that you can use towards dining and hotels and shows at over 20 MGM resorts properties located on the Vegas Strip, which is pretty cool. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offer, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. When you wager and sign up at betmgm.com or download the app. You've got to be 21 years or older, and if you do have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, speaking of money, uh, I just saw this, Michael. I don't know if you saw it. Aaron Rodgers just received a market-altering contract offer from the Packers per report. That just came down not too long ago. Of course, the current yeah. title of highest-paid player belongs to Patrick Mahomes, who signed that 10-year, $450 million extension in July. But this one apparently is market altering. No surprise. He's the two-time no. back-to-back MVP, three-time MVP, I believe, but two times this past two years. And he's playing about as well as you could possibly play the position right now. You know, I said I've been saying now for the last two months that I thought the Packers would offer him above $50 million a year. And when I hear uh, uh, sh- uh, record-shattering deal and altering deal to the market, that's what $50 million a year sounds like. Do I think they give them 150 over three? Yeah, probably they will. Will they guarantee 100 million of it? They might guarantee 150 million of it. I mean, 
You know, they can get it insured in case of injury. But based on the way he looks like he could continue to play, you know, do you think he's not going to be able to earn three, two more years at $100 million to the third year at at the third year, it's a little bit, this is an NBA-type deal. Do you think Butler's worth five-year max contract? Well, you really think he's three, but you got to give him five anyway? I mean, this might be where the Packers are. And I think they're going to put that in front of them. And they can structure the deal so that they can uh, tie in a, a franchise tag for Adams. I mean, this is the play all along. And we've heard rumblings coming out of uh, Titletown that, that they planned on trying to keep the, all their players and they're going to go all in. And this is the first move to go all in. And I think it's a smart play. It's a play they have to make. And he's worth every nickel of it. Yeah. Aaron's sensitive, so let me correct myself. That's four MVPs. So he deserves them, not three. Sure. And uh, he's 38 years old. You mentioned probably close to $50 million per. I mean, if you take a look it's at the, gonna be, it's going to be above 50. It'll, yeah. it'll, it'll hit the 50 million mark. I mean, and then of course you'll have, I'm sure Kyler Murray will have another ransom letter sent out that he would like to be in the same category as, as Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure we'll get that, you know, once he gets, you know, his next <laughs> ransom letter to come out. But I, I, look, the guy, the, Dan, Art Rooney said this back in the early seventies. He said, you know, I don't mind overpaying a great player. But I have a hard time really understanding why I pay uh, a, a bat, an average player more than what he's worth. And he's right. I mean, you can't – I mean, Patrick Mahomes, you could say, well, he's not worth 45. Yeah, he's a great player. That's the market he's going to get it. It's the, it's the Baker Mayfields. It's the Kyler Murrays. It's not these great players. It's maybe they have great talent. But they're not great players that consistently deliver – or uh, affect the point spread. I mean, all you would have to do if you're Mark Murphy and you want to value Aaron Rodgers is call Vinny on the phone. Call Vinny, my, Vinny from the book. Vinny, Talk about how much he impacts affects, the number. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Once you know how much he impacts the number, you know, you want to. He's the number one leader in the club of us. Impact. Yes. Don't look at QBR. Look at who impacts the number. Because just based on QBR, the ninth best quarterback in the National Football League last year was Carson Wentz. If you just look at QBR. It's a great point. It really is. So also it behooves the Packers, and correct me here, but they need to get him on a new deal because if they don't, his current hit is like $47 million against the cap. If they restructure the deal, they can save a bunch of money on the cap. Correct. Correct. That's the master plan. Now they got to get him to go along with it, and, and it's never been about not wanting to pay him. I mean, ultimately, all these I'm on social media, I'm not on social media, I don't like you anymore, I want to, it's all about, it's all about the green stuff. You know, as the great Arnold Rothstein once said, nothing says I'm sorry better than money. <laughs> uh, that's a good quote. Who said that? The great Arnold Rothstein, the man who fixed the 1919 World Series. That is, uh, that's a fascinating quote. Um, it's it's they're just in such a do take me you know what Matt did a great job with run on save the Patriots for Thursday because I want to use a full segment on that but let's continue with this Packer conversation take me inside his mind and that's Rogers let's say he does want to stick with the Packers they're in a dubious spot with roster and cap right now fair they need his help they need they're his saying help. Aaron you want inclusion you know it's not as important to you about money but we want to pay you and include you we need you. You know, we need you to help us get Adams under contract. We have all the money that you could possibly want in terms of cash. We don't have an owner who takes money and buys a yacht. 
we have we just put it back into the team. So we we have we, we can get Adams to sign a contract. We'll be able to pay him and guarantee him the money. Now it's got to be within the market value. We understand that. But if you let us affect your cap number this year and next year with guarantees or prorations and how we do it, we got a chance to improve our team. And once we improve our team, we have a chance to get past the first round or at least the conference championship round and get to the Super Bowl, which you need to get to. So the way this works is we work together on this more than anything. Did you hear, by the way, um, it's not just the Lombardi family that's buying houses out here in Vegas, but... There's a report that Devontae Adams bought a $12 million mansion. It's like about mm, four miles that way, as I point. Uh, Devontae Adams, the new crib out here in uh, Las well, Vegas. It makes, all the sense in the, it makes all the sense in the world for the players to, to go there in Vegas. It's the reason why a lot of people from California, why the housing market where you live, Patrick, is so strong. It's because of no taxes. Yeah. You know, and you're close. I mean, Adams played at Fresno State. He's kind of linked to California, but yet he can get into get to Las Vegas. You're not paying state taxes, you know, and so it, it, and you probably want to go somewhere when your career is over where that continues. You know, I'm the idiot who lives in a state with the highest tax rate of all time, you know, so but you ultimately would think you do that. You know, and I think that's a smart play. I, I wouldn't be surprised. It's a little bit like why are so many NFL coaches living in Nashville now? You know, a lot of a lot of guys that they want to retire or they want to get their they're, they're buying property in Nashville because Tennessee has no state income tax. Or maybe they just like the honky tonk. You never know. They do. Sure. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, why not? Demarcus Lawrence. Why not? Demarcus Lawrence. He he was asked by the Cowboys to accept a pay cut. And he was like, nah, I'm good. Uh, I don't think that surprises anybody. Well, I mean, see, there's where we have to be careful. Is was he asked to restructure his contract, Fair. or was he asked to shave off money? There are two different elements. When a player comes out and says, "Well, you know, I did a team a favor. I restructured my deal." No, you didn't. You didn't do him any favor at all. You just basically signed a document that said your paragraph five is guaranteed. You're going to get the money the same way you would have gotten it during the season. You really didn't do very much. You just lowered your cap number so other players could get paid. So cash will go over cap, right? Now, if they went, came to him and said, look, you know, we're going to pay Randy Gregory and we, gotta, we need some of your money. We need $5 million a year from you. That's a whole different story. Now you're in a fight. Now you're, now you're drawing weapons and you're saying, if you don't give me this deal, I'm going to cut you. And the player's sitting there saying, cut me. I'll go get it in the market. And that agent has to balance out the threats. If we don't take this deal, we might not make it out there. It's a little bit like what happened to Dennis Schroeder when he turned down the Laker deal this year. And all of a sudden, oh, no, I'm not taking that deal. And he signs a, you know, a mid-level entry with the, with the Celtics. You've got to play that card correctly. If you don't, you're going to affect your client's well-being. So the market's insane here, by the way. Did you see what happened with Gruden? He sold this house for seven and a half mil, and when he got it, I think it was closer to four. So, yeah. yeah. Trust me, I, I've had, I've, I've, had, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's everywhere. Where, where, even in the high tax states, the housing markets are going crazy, which is good for people that that can flip their homes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just got booted I, out I of my rental. Route. I just got booted out of my rental because they wanted to sell it. They're like, sorry, dude, you got to go. We're, we can make a lot of cash out of this house. Well, I'm, I'm sure you found someplace very nice. <laughs> I'm just, sure you're very comfortable. I just comfortable. went down the road and got an Airbnb. Um, it, well, 
Yeah, so for maybe maybe Mick and the crew may may wait a couple, maybe wait a year. They, they got an extra room. You're more than oh, he, thank he, you. He, he's all set. He all he's all set. He's got himself a nice crib. Dominic will be out there. He'll take you. Oh, around. he did. They already got set up. That's good for them. That's got, awesome. No, I'm, I mean, I think I've got to go through the process, but gotcha. they're, they're in good shape. Yeah. Well, that's a beautiful, I'm sure they're over near Henry. It's a, when you come out, you got to go check out with your son, the new Laker, the, the, we're going to go, the, we're going to facility. Hang, yeah. It's gorgeous over here. Man. It, re- it really is a great, a great spot over there. Okay. Enjoy the 76ers tonight and the return of James Harden, Michael. Thank you, Patrick. We'll it's see. always good. I'll see you Thursday. Okay, looking we'll forward see. to it. We'll, we'll, I think we're going to be uh, out at the Borgata potentially, which is awesome. We'll see you then. Uh, odds on's coming up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.